0: do you want to improve your game faster and hit your driver longer? The good news is ShotScope can help you achieve your goals. ShotScope has products for every golfer, such as GPS watches, laser rangefinders, and shot tracking devices designed to lower scores and improve your golf by over four shots on average. I use the Pro LX Plus rangefinder on the course to get my distances. What I love most about ShotScope is tracking my game and reviewing my stats. The great news is your personalized stats are completely free with no yearly subscription. If I can use it, anyone can. Jump over to shotscope.com today and find the perfect product for you. And remember to use my code PAGE at checkout.
1: This is Playing Around with Paige Renee.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Playing Around Podcast. I'm your host, Paige Renee. Later on in this episode, I'll be joined by by my co-host, Sam, and the founder of Tour Experience Golf and the co-host of the TXG YouTube channel, Ian Frazier. We're going to talk all things equipment, club fitting. He gives you some really great insight, so keep on listening for that later on in this episode. But I thought I would start out with some T and A, so let's just get right on into it. The first question is, when do you feel the sexiest? I feel like the popular answer to this, and most women say, no makeup, sweatpants, hair tied up, and you know, the Drake song. (laughs) (laughs) That's when I feel my sexiest. And I'm like, nope. I am the complete opposite of that. I feel my sexiest when I and dress the nines. Hair's done, makeup's done. I'm wearing this tight little outfit. You know, the, the girls are popping. They're saying hello to the world. That is when I feel my sexiest. And I think that's when I shoot my content, when I'm dressed as Paige Renee. And we talk about this all the time where it's almost my alter ego now is Paige Renee. And I feel like I almost need to do that when I'm creating content to feel my most sexiest and my most confident. And it's almost this mask that I'm wearing in a way but it's just how I feel my best and a lot of people talk about my clothes it's always a big subject of discussion (laughs) and people say oh you do it for likes and attention and you know I think everyone on social media is on you know they're, they're on social media for attention but yes I do it because that's how I feel my best that's how I feel my most confident is when I'm wearing those outfits that you know are nice and tight and I love it. Next question, what is your favorite golf tournament to watch? Definitely the majors, all of the majors. Masters, probably my favorite. Then the U.S. Open, the Open, and then the PGA Championship. But this year... The PGA Championship gave the U.S. Open a run for its money, and I think that it was actually better than the U.S. Open. So we'll see what the Open has to offer for us. But if I have to rank this year for the majors, it was the Masters so far, the PGA Championship, and then the U.S. Open. So we will see. What is your favorite cuisine? I would probably say Asian. I love Asian food. Any type of Asian food, always a go-to. But it's not like my favorite meal to have. <laughs> ice cream is my most favorite thing to eat. If I had one last meal, it would 100% be ice cream and then probably corn dogs and a grilled cheese or like mac and cheese, anything with cheese. What turns you on cheese? <laughs> So no. um, what turns me on the most, I think a good sense of humor. That's something that I really appreciate in someone else is someone who can laugh at their self, can make me laugh. I like to laugh. I have a, I think I have a really great sense of humor. I know some people say that I take myself too seriously or I'm always playing the victim on social media, which is a lie. <laughs> if one headline goes viral from this podcast, I hope it's this one because people are constantly like, <laughs> you're always playing the victim and you never own up to what you do and so new york post please write about this i want to read Paige sporanic owns up to her brand and is unapologetically herself done period i love how i got there from what turns you on the most um yeah that's just how my brain works <laughs> Would you ever consider running a golf clinic for beginner golfers? Yes, 100%. I have been wanting to do this for the longest time. My ultimate goal in all of this is to make enough money where I can open up my own golf course with amazing driving range, an amazing group of golf instructors, and help everyone become a better player, but specifically junior golfers. That is a passion of mine and something that I really want to do and something that I'm working towards. That is the long-term goal. So every time someone would be like, what do you, how do you see yourself in five years or 10 years or 15 years? And I never really had an answer. And so one day I just sat down and I said, what am I most passionate about? Why do I do this? And the reason I do this is to grow the game of golf. And to do that, it's through great golf instruction, through the junior golf level and you know, beginner golfers and getting people into the game. So that is what I want to do. How long did it take you to teach Nico tricks? So I taught him where I go bang and he'll play dead. But I gotta give my mom a lot of credit for this one. She loves teaching Nico tricks. And so she did majority of the work and we would do some of them together, but she did so many from the very beginning. Like as soon as he was a puppy, he could sit, he could give paw, he could do all of these things and he can do so many tricks. It's actually really impressive. Nico is a very smart doggy. was the best looking professional golfer Men's and women's. <laughs> I would say, I mean, you got to go with Adam Scott. That's a popular pick. And on the women's side, there's a bunch, there's a lot of um, really beautiful female golfers. I think Nellie Korda is the full package. I think she speaks well. She's beautiful. She has a great personality. Clearly, she's an amazing golfer. Um, she looks incredible in all of her editorial pictures that she does. She can do high fashion. She can also do um, just, you know, her fun, really candid pictures that she does on Instagram. So, yeah, she's, she's a great follow. What is your favorite hobby that's not sports related? I've talked about this on the podcast <laughs> where... I've gone through a lot of therapy and one thing we were working on in therapy was getting hobbies because from a very young age, I really just got into sports and I was a competitive gymnast and I went to golf and I didn't have time to do anything else. And so my whole life has revolved around being the best that I could possibly be in sports, gymnastics and golf. And after golf, it was social media. And so I've always been really driven on one singular goal and I have never put any of my (laughs) my energy into hobbies and my therapist said that's really unhealthy and you do need to get away and have hobbies and have other things in your life and other interests and that was something that was never a part of me or my life and so that's a very long-winded way to say that I still don't have any hobbies and I'm a work in progress (laughs) What's your advice on overcoming fairway bunkers? Fairway bunkers are difficult for a, a ton of different reasons, but the biggest reason is that you never practice them. There are very few bunkers on practice facilities, and most of the time if there is a bunker, it's a greenside bunker and you can't hit fairway bunker shots. And so when you're thrown into a fairway bunker on the golf course, you're looking at it and you're like, "Hmm." I've never hit this shot before, (laughs) or the last time I did was when the last time I was in the the fairway bunker and I didn't hit it well, and so you never practice it. So when you dig your feet in, you need to choke down. Most people will not choke down, but they forget the fact that they have dug their feet in at least an inch, and so they'll always hit it fat because of that reason. A lot of people also struggle with hovering the club because they're so used to holding it on the ground. So when you're practicing on the driving range, hit a few shots when you hover the club and that way you can get the feeling just a little bit. So choke down, stabilize your lower body. If you have any excess movement in the bunker, your feet are going to slip, you're going to dig back into it or hit it thin. So minimize your leg movement, choke down, just a little bit, depending on how far you dig in. If you dig in a lot, then choke down a little bit more. So choke down accordingly to how much you dig in and then hover and practice that on the driving range. And that should help out your fairway bunkers. Can you do a leggings haul on your site in the future? Yes, so as you guys know, I have my subscription site only page. You guys are loving it so far, which makes me so happy because I've put so much into that and my team as well has worked really hard on creating a really great product for you, the people who want to see only me, only page. <laughs> and so we've done a lot of really great golf instruction, on a really great golf instruction. That's something I'm most proud of is the golf instruction there, but also behind the scenes of all of the events that I do, you guys have first access to any events, any merch drops. I just did a meet and greet with only page fans at the Brewers game. It was really awesome. I got to take pictures with everyone. I signed their bobbleheads. got to interact with them. And that was only available through OnlyPage. And so things like that, we do a ton of giveaways and fire pictures. I mean, the 4th of July is coming up and I have some fun things, some really fun things planned for the OnlyPage community. So make sure you guys go check that out. It's literally OnlyPage.com and um, that's all you have to do. (laughs) But that is all for today with TNA, but not for the episode. So I know you're probably like, oh man, Paige, episode's over already. No, it's not. We're going to talk all things club fitting, golf equipment. It's a really great interview. So keep on listening. It's time to get your swagger back with PointsBet Sportsbook. New customers download the PointsBet app today and sign up in any of PointsBet's live states with code PAGE to get five second chance bets up to $500. That's five straight days of second chances where PointsBet will match your losing wager and bet credits. Again, that's promo code PAGE and enjoy more live betting markets than ever before. PointsBet your move. Call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800GAMBLER.net.
2: And welcoming in now to the Playing Around Podcast, Ian Fraser, the founder of Tour Experience Golf, which owns Club Champion, Club Champion is one of Paige's favorite partners to work with, all about club fitting. And we're going to talk to Ian about club fitting and how I can benefit you today and get into a lot of the specific details. So Ian, thanks for coming on the pod.
1: Guys, great to meet you both. Thank you so much for having me.
2: So Ian, to kick it off, what is in your bag?
1: Paige, that is a great question. That <laughs> is a, it's a revolving door right now, um, what's in my bag. Um, okay, starting the top. Stealth 2 plus in the driver. Sim to 3 wood, Stealth 2 5 wood, I have PXG 0317 CB irons, and I have some custom SM9s uh, from Wedgeworks and a Scotty Cameron putter. But every day, every hour it's subject to change. Uh, I always say to people, it's a results driven business. And if you're not performing, you're out the door.
0: I wanted to ask that because most people see tour players who have, you know, all Callaway, all TaylorMade, all yeah. tireless, but when it comes down to it, you should actually have what works best for you. And almost 100% of the time, it's a completely different brand from your wedges to your irons, to your woods, to your driver. How do you feel when someone walks in and they're like, I'm a big tireless guy, I only want tireless. <laughs> do you just roll your eyes at that?
1: You know, I, I try and always think of it from a standpoint, like it's their session. And, and you know, we're here to facilitate and help them just, you know, obviously get what they want out the session. But you're 100% right that we have to gently nudge them towards being, you know, this term that we can kind of use and maybe sometimes overuse being brand agnostic. Don't make it about the brands. Realistically, if they're not paying you big bucks to play their clubs, play what's right for you. And that's all that matters. I'll never forget as a, a young kind of tech rep in Scotland um, being on the range and we'd go to these multi-vendor demo days and uh, working at TaylorMade at the time, we never had any good forged irons. So people would come to us and they'd be like, you know, I want to try your driver and I want to try your irons. And I'm like, sure, come and try our driver, but go down there and see the Mizuno guy and the go see the Titleist Yeah, They've got great irons down there. So even, even at that that point when I was working for a manufacturer, I was very much in the mindset that you have to use what's right for you regardless of the brand.
2: So one of the biggest questions we get on the podcast Instagram account, on the page's email address, we get like, I'm an ex-handicap. Should I get fit for clubs? Or Mm. I'm starting golf. What clubs do I buy? What do you have to say to those people who Maybe you're just starting golf. Let's start there. And where should they go to begin? Because I know if you can barely hit the ball, maybe spending thousands of dollars on clubs is not very realistic.
1: I, it might sound like a harsh like one-liner, but I always say to people, you know, unless you're low single digits, you're not good enough not to be fit. So you, you really have to be fit. So we want participation numbers to be high. We want people to enjoy the game and, and love it there's nothing more demoralizing than using equipment that you cannot even get the ball up in the air or you know you're making swings and the clubs feel heavy and you're like I don't enjoy this game it's just this isn't for me so you know I think the tools that we have in the bag are, are really will dictate a lot of our enjoyment of the game because we want to get some reward out of being out there we all love to get good shots it doesn't mean going blowing six seven eight thousand dollars in a set that to me is not what lo- you know club fitting is club fitting is using clubs that help you play better and enjoy the game more so that's the most important thing for me i don't i don't care how you go about it and how you do it just don't make purchases based on marketing spiel make it based on what works for you
2: that's a great point there because we were talking about I like my boyfriend loves TaylorMade because he likes Rory and I'm like but that doesn't mean that that's necessarily what's best for you like I played Titleist irons growing up and in college I had the same AP2s for like seven Mm -hmm. years and I refused to get rid of them because I hit them so good and then one day I tried Mizuno irons and I was like I didn't even know Mizuno like had average irons and they hit them so good and you would never know and I'm like Paige I have a very mixed bag and it's funny we'll, we'll talk about something and she'll be like oh I really like this wedge and I'm like I I can't get that wedge off the ground. So it's very, it's very interesting. Um, one thing that we get a lot of questions about too, is about the benefit of hybrids and Paige loves her seven wood. I have a seven wood too. How beneficial is a club like that to a weekend golfer?
1: Hugely, hugely. And and without getting too much into like the specifics of it because it really is about the physics of it. It's where the center of gravity lies. It's the, the height of the golf club comes down, it becomes a shallower head. We pull the mass back a little bit and that makes the ball go up a, a touch more. They generally are a little bit lighter. But it's just you know for some people who like wood, some people who like irons, the hybrid is, is literally that middle ground. It's it's the best of both worlds. So, you know, I think that really changed the game for a lot of Maybe slower swing speeds that that kind of they were able to get the ball flights that the tour pros got. You, you know, you always admire the player and the range that hits it high and far and lands soft. And, and you know, it just gave the average golfer the ability to play those same shots as, as these really elite golfers. You know, going back in, in uh, a few years in Scotland, Sandy Lyle once said to me, um, you know, when when hybrids came out and, and lofted fairways came out. He said him, Jack Nicholas, Tom Weisskopf, and I think it was Tom Watson, he said, it was the other person. Those four guys had such an advantage over the, the other uh, players playing professional golf because they hit their one and two irons high and none of the other guys really hit it that high. And then with the invention of the hybrid and, and this lofted woods, everyone can do that now. So it kind of took that superpower that those players had away from them. So, Um, I think everyone should at least try them and see what benefit they are for for their game
0: I definitely agree with that I see so many high handicappers trying to hit a three iron and Mm -hmm. I would never (laughs) hit No. it's just so interesting where there's just a lot of misinformation within golf and I think it is so tied to ego and you're like well I see the tour players do this so I have to do this because I want to be as good as them mm-hmm. and I think there's also a lot of misconceptions around club fitting and what what is a normal process like when someone walks in and how do you kind of walk them through a normal club fitting
1: I think the first thing, Paige, is just getting them comfortable. Right. Lots of people are just not comfortable in that environment. They see all this technology, they see all the shaft wall and they're like, wow, this is this is a little overkill. So I think the first thing for me is just I like to settle the person down. We send out a prefit questionnaire. So I know a little bit about them. So we'll just we'll just get into a little bit about them and their game and we'll just we'll chit-chat. And then after that becomes we baseline their their current equipment. So you know, we, we kind of talk about the objectives and you know, like I said earlier, it's their session. So yeah. we're 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 there to facilitate what they want from their game. If they have data, you know, whether it's Shot Scope or, or what Arcos or ho- whatever company you know gives them some data, great. We'll look over that together and you know we'll look at it from a Strokes game perspective. But you know, we're just going to start to baseline their equipment and we're gonna start to explain why maybe the equipment they've got right now, like you said about three iron why the apex of a three iron is too low and the angle of descent is too flat and you're never going to be able to stop a green. So we start to kind of make these or give them some examples of if your ball comes in at 45 degrees versus 35 degrees, the green effectively expands by Mm -hmm. four or five times, right? So we want that, you know, we look at the best players in the world. What do they do? They hit lots of greens. Their proximity is very, very good to the flag. No one is good hitting in a golf ball at 35 degrees coming into a green, uh, especially not in the summertime. We've got no chance. So, you know, try and explain these sorts of things to them and just tell them, listen, you're you're, you're in good hands with us. We're, we're kind of here to make your game the absolute best it can be and you'll leave a better golfer than you came in.
0: So I've been getting fit for a very long time, Sam as well. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you play at a high level, it's just something that you have to do. I could never imagine playing clubs off the rack. And I talk about working with club champion and how much, how, how beneficial it, it truly is to being a better player. Mm-hmm. And I think people think I'm just bullshitting them because you oh, yeah. hear it all the time where it's like, get this driver, you'll pick up 10 more yards, do this, you'll mm-hmm. pick up 20 more yards. And I don't think people truly believe it anymore. I did a video recently where I grabbed a club off the rack. It was a $600 Mm -hmm. club, new club. It said it had a premium shaft in it. And I compared it to the driver that I got fit at Club Champion. And there was a massive difference from (laughs) control, to distance, mm-hmm. to the spin, everything, it just was not good. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Compared to my fitted club, what are some of the biggest success stories that you have seen through the fitting process? Because I don't think people truly believe it. And I tell them this constantly. I'm like, mm-hmm. go get fit, because you will hit it, you know, x times farther, or your irons will be this much more consistent, or you can shave 10 shots off. And, and they're like, you're bullshitting you page. It's not actually true, but it is true. So I, I want you to share some of your success stories that you've seen throughout your career.
1: Oh, man, there's, there's, I, honestly, Paige. <laughs> like it happens, it happens in the bay every single day. And you know, we, we share some of our uh, some of the the fittings that we do on our, our YouTube um, channel. And I, I get the same as you. It's like, well, everyone you seem to have on the channel gains twenty to forty yards. You guys are just hand people. It's no, this is every single yeah. day that people come through the, the store and, and get these gains. And the funny thing is some people come through and get 30 yards in the driver and they walk away and go, yeah, that was good. I think I'll stick with mine for now. And I'm like, are you, I'm like, <laughs> I want to buy it for you. I'm like, I can't possibly see you leave and let that that distance, uh, you know, stay on the table. But um, probably one of the coolest ones was, uh, was working with Gary Woodland uh, a few years ago. So I was doing some stuff with him and, He came over for the Canadian Open after the Open Championship at Royal Birkdale. So, you know, inevitably playing in the wind over there, he's kind of got a little bit... He can get a bit steep in his driver anyway, and extra steep trying to flight it down on the links. And uh, his driver was just a bit of a mess. And he had, at that time, it was kind of the old PGA Tour schedule of, um, I want to say it was like... The WGC was just before the PGA Championship. There was like two or three really big events coming up. So he came up and he was he was swinging at 123, 124 with the driver. Ball speeds, you know, like 178, 179. And he was flying at maybe like 305, 310. But the time we were done, he was flying at 345. Um, his ball speed went from 179 to 185. And it was just like, you know, just all the, all the pieces in, in play, and we actually made his driver shorter, but we added some head weight, we changed shafts into the shaft, he actually is still playing the same shaft today, um, and, and we kind of built a foundation for him uh, around his driver that, you know, he had great success with, won the US Open, and, and all these other things, but, you know, in terms of uh, a notable, he would probably be the biggest one, and it was it was a showstopper, we were at Glen Abbey, um, just outside uh, Toronto here, and down in the far side of the hospitality tent. And he went from hitting drives that were kind of running off the back end of the rain. He was flying them into the hospitality tent. And people were kind of stopping to, to kind of watch. You could hear them thud off the top of the tent down on the other side. Um, but yeah, I mean, those gains though are, are not just for those those players. I think there's there's percentage gains in the 10, 15, 20 percent, you know, gains of distance and accuracy for everyone.
2: Thank you for leading me right into what I was going to ask anyway. You (laughs) You mentioned a lot of terms, right? Like lie, loft, ball, speed... All this stuff that maybe if you are a weekend golfer who's a bogey golfer who's only hit off of mats at your local mm. range with a shitty golf ball into the water you don't know what any of that means right so do you think right. is that an important understanding that you need to know going into a fitting or do you guys do a little bit of education or do you not even bother you're like i know what it needs to be at yeah. let's work to get there do you think that's
1: important I think that's a great point. So I think it's very important. I think, you know, having a, an understanding of why we're making making your lie angles a little bit more upright. And, you know, when we start talking about, I have a term called compound club fitting, which is we, we try and layer performance on top of each other, right? We know what compounding interest does for our bank account. We want to know what compounding, you know, technologies and, and uh, sort of technical specs of golf clubs do to make the golf club perform even better so for someone who's leaving the face a little bit open and is dynamically toe down on, on their six iron they don't really have much of a chance to square that club face whereas if we get the line go more upright and we get a golf club that rotates a little bit more we're adding multiple things into to helping them hit it a little bit better so yeah, it was one of my biggest goals when we, set, we started the YouTube channel. I wanted educated consumers. I didn't want people making bad purchases based on just not knowing, you know, the right information about, you know, the terms, like you said, ball speed and CG location. And it's always, you're always treading a bit of a, a fine line between going too technical where they're like right over my head <laughs> or educating them to the point where it's useful information. So we try and sort of, you know, Depending on who's in front of us, somebody who's more technically minded, we can go there with them. They love it, right? You can't give them enough technical information, and then other people, you can just you just want to kind of gently um, kind of hold their hand through it. But um, that's
0: can, that's me. I'm that
1: person. Yeah, <laughs> totally, Paige. And, and you know, honestly, like Gary Woodland was the same way. I, I always use him as an example because he was working uh, with Butch Harmon. I said, "Okay, tell me a little bit about your specs. Tell me a little bit about your delivery. What's your normal angle of attack?" And he's looking at me like. He's like, Ian Butch never turns launch monitor on, ever. Uh, he's like, I have no idea. Um, and, you know, some people are, I think that there's there's highly likely the, the 10 handicapper who goes for lessons every single week and, and goes and gets on a launch monitor, knows more about their delivery than most of the PGA Tour players out there there's only so much information you need to know. I just think you need a good mechanic in the garage who's, you know, happy to take that burden. and, And that's the job that we take. You know, we look after the tools, you look after playing the game.
2: We talk about that. Like all the time. Yeah. No,
0: it's good to know because like you're saying, there are players who want to know all of that information. You're able to yeah. do that. And then there's times where someone will hand me a driver. I'm like, it's too shiny. I don't like yeah. it. <laughs>
2: <But> <laughs> and that's like, okay,
0: It's like the look of it, the feel totally. of it. You know, that's what I go off of. And that, I'm a mm-hmm. real field player and they're like, okay, too shiny. We'll get you a matte one. You know, yep. like they can always adjust, which I think is great.
1: <laughs> I think that's such a great point. I mean, I hate a driver that sits upright. Right. I hate. I'm, a, I'm like you. I hate a shiny driver. <laughs> I hate a driver that's too round because I literally think like anything with that much curvature on it is is surely got more roll to the point where if I hit one on the Tony heel, it's going to go worse than if I do it's not something that looks like it's got a flatter face. So we have all these little you know internal biases towards you know what clubs look like or or how they they feel and and it shapes how we perform.
2: Yeah. So something that's an interesting point on that is putter fitting that I feel like a lot of people don't necessarily consider they think club fitting they're thinking irons, driver yeah. whatever comes in between mm-hmm. a quick little shout out on Pages subscription site only page in September we will be giving away three free putters and putter fittings from club champion thank you club champion so can you talk a little bit about that and how mm. important that is too? Because I feel talk about buying shit off the rack. Like that <laughs> is what people do. They see, Oh my God, Scotty Cameron and they spend $500 and maybe, I mean, the toes 90 degrees up in the air, like gives me, it gives me a migraine.
1: 100%. Uh, putter fitting is, I mean, it, like we, we've said it till we're blue in the face, the stats show it and it's the club that we use the most. It's, it's our biggest opportunity to impact our score is to is to obviously have fewer putts. Um, people have no idea what what their putter is designed to do. They really don't. And we start talking again, you know, get without getting too technical, but you know the length of the blade. Right, we extend the length of the blade. We we reduce the rate of rotation. So I, for me, just I just simplify. It. What side do you miss on most, left or right? Because if I can stabilize your club face. I can help you putt more consistently. Uh, I think the other thing that people don't realize is the value of speed versus line. It's very important, obviously, to pick a right line. It's going to be hard to hold the putts if you don't get the right line, but speed is five times more impactful on three-putt avoidance than than line. So when I'm looking at the, the player's performance, I'm looking for consistency of ball speed. So I want that ball leaving the club face at the same speed every single time. I need to know that what's in their mind what their eyes translate to their hands translates to the putter results in, in obviously a, a consistent result. So, if, if I know I can get your ball speed good and I can control your club face from a direction standpoint, it's up to you to learn to read greens. And I'm good with, with kind of people taking their chances on that. But people don't realize nearly how impactful um, a fitted putter is.
0: I just did a putter fitting, and yeah, I didn't realize it. The shape of the neck of my putter didn't fit well for me, and so right. I tend to miss right. And they're like, "Well, the neck, the way that the neck sets up, you're actually going to miss even farther right." And there was like the toe hang and all this stuff. And they were saying yeah. these things, and I'm like, "I've been doing this forever, and I know this." And I, I right. thought this is what you know, I like the look of, but you could see the results. It was, it was massive, and when I talk about this, people always say, well, you're good. So it's easy for you to go get fit. And cause you know what you want, but people who are, you know, 20 handicaps or so they can get fit, right? How do you work mm. through that process? So I think a lot of people don't go because they feel like they're not good enough to get fit.
1: Yep. Um, I think it goes back to, again, back to the, the higher, the handicap, the more opportunity or, or the more benefit you stand to gain from, from being fit. So, we can make it super simple and, and things like the two ball putter, right, they totally changed and revolutionized the way people could um, sort of visually line themselves up. And it's so important to to get those basics uh, fundamentally right. But like you said, the amount of toe hang you have, the, the face insert, do you like an insert or do you like a, a you know milled face? Do you like something that has offset or no offset? Do you have something, even just being over the over the putter, right, over the ball and, and having your eye line somewhat over the ball. And if I want you to increase your arc and make you stand up a little bit more, if I want you to decrease your arc, I shorten your putter and get you over it a little bit more. Do we want the the, the grip to be thin where you have high release, or do we want it to be thicker and have have a much slower release? So we can influence that rate of rotation at all times. And it's it just, I think the technology that that we use uh, at Club Champion, whether it be Sam or whether it be Quintic, I think the technology is is an absolute eye-opener. The putter fit is the most fun for me because I know people don't have any idea as to what their putter needs to be for them specifically. They, they've done exactly what you said, Paige. They go in there, they take a look at one and they go... I like the look of it. I I can get a part fairly close with it. Feels quite nice. That'll do for me, but it does not generally translate to good results.
0: Yeah. I feel like the theme of the segment is misinformation. And I feel like when it comes to club fitting, one of the biggest things that I hear is I can't get fit because it's too expensive. And so I just want you to talk about the cost of it because Any equipment is expensive, and I say that it is an investment, Mm -hmm. and you will have these clubs for a lot longer, and you'll feel more comfortable with the clubs, and it is so worth it to go through the fitting process instead of going and getting a driver off the rack, which is still expensive, $600 or so, and then you don't like it, and then you get another one and another one, and you guys can actually do it on… A budget correct like you can someone can walk in and say hey this is the amount that i want to spend and, and what does that look like what is the least amount of money that you think someone could spend on a, a new set of clubs
1: i think you're, you're absolutely right people people can come in and, and get i mean there's i guess some of the companies who offer more budget kind of friendly uh products now maybe something like cobra mizuno you know those those drivers tend to be a little bit less than like a, and a ping um there's ranges of shafts from $150 up to five, dollars $600. So it doesn't, it, you know, people, I think you're right. People think that it's, it's, you know, I can't possibly afford to get custom you know, fitted for a driver. The average lifespan of a driver for, for our clients is about four, four to five years. And if we look at the buying behavior of clients, it's like every year searching for the latest and greatest. You do that twice inside that, Four to five year timeline that we see our clients keep a driver for, and you're already spending too much. So I'm with you. I think it's cheaper in the long run to do it and do it right. And then, most important to be honest, is knowing that when your swing changes, and I I use the word when, not if, when your swing changes you have someone then you can go back and they can kind of readjust it. We know how adjustable drivers are nowadays with weights and loft sleeves and and all these different things. Maybe it's a shaft change, not a head change, but you want to work with a a technician that you trust, someone that you you know has got the right technology with TrackMan or GC Quad, and they can tell you what's right for you. But you're making little tweaks over that time to incrementally get better all the time, not wholesale changes to a new driver every single year.
0: I noticed that too. So I go back into Club Champion all the time because they fix my Loft and Lies for free. And mm-hmm. that's one of the services that people don't you know, realize that they offer, which I think is great. How do you deter people from getting excited about like a new equipment that's constantly coming out and knowing that maybe that's it's not what's best for you and maybe there's not a big jump in changes every single six months when something comes out how how do you deal with that
1: yeah it, it is definitely something we do deal with all the time and we get people delaying their fit because they heard in three months there's a new line coming out from this company or that company and i say exactly what you said it doesn't it won't make a difference there isn't seismic changes every every, you know, new model of of iron or, or driver. There there isn't those leaps forward in technology. I think it just uh, I think it just comes down to really we change as individuals or swing changes. I mean you're going through it right now with your swing changes. So you're probably gonna look at your equipment. I think we're getting together not, you know, later this year to do some equipment stuff with you. And like I can't wait to see where your swing has got to. To see what equipment changes you need mm-hmm. yeah that's going to be a really really fun part of the process with you is you're putting in all this time and, and i can see the the differences it's making already your swings really starting to look great but you're probably not that comfortable with it yet so in a couple <laughs> more months you know we're we're going to have a look at your equipment and going to see what's changed so uh i think that's that's a huge huge part of it is you know making those on-the-go changes lofty yeah. light you know adjustments I say to our clients, I want to do it with, I want to look at that with you every year. I want to make sure I have a little tune-up session with you, see what you're working on. Did you make a golf ball change? That's another really, you know, underrated part of the equipment. It's the 15th club for me is the golf ball. I mean, if we take the low-spinning golf ball, and the highest spinning golf ball with the six-iron, there's about 1500 RPMs of difference between those two. So it's 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 way more than we can make with the loft and lie adjustment. So. You may have went, oh, I love the tight list, whatever, and, and Pro V One, and then I'm going to go to a Kirkland. Those two golf balls are at thousand RPMs of spin difference, and you've made that decision off of cost, yeah. right? And and those whole that whole set of clubs that you get fit for, you go, oh, my driver doesn't work pretty good anymore. Those irons are really not good. I keep coming up short. Well, you've added a thousand RPM of spin <laughs> to your irons, and you can't get the ball to the to the uh, the target anymore. And uh, so, you know, we're just there. We're, you know, we're just part of the team um, to help people make those correct choices, not bad ones.
0: Yeah, 100% agree. Before we wrap, I want to ask you, what are some of your favorite products that are out in the market right now?
1: <sighs> I'm always a huge fan of Ping drivers. I just think, you know, Ping make incredible drivers specifically. I think they're so forgiven. They have gotten a lot faster. They used to lag a little bit in ball speed. They don't. They're They're, they're really, really good. Um, I think Titleist have absolutely killed it with um, with SM9 and, and the wedges. I think Mizuno and Strixon are making two of the most underrated irons out there and in the putter world Evenroll just released a new putter fitting system that I think is going to change the way that we fit putters uh, in, in our studios I was talking to the guys, in, I was in Chicago uh, last Thursday and I was talking to the guys about their new foot, uh, putter fitting kit And there's so many things now, if actually we told you how many things, like the consumer, how many things there are to change, it probably would put them off if we said like we're changing necks and weights and lengths and balance points on the shaft and grip size. But it just gives us so many more tools uh, in our toolbox. So, yeah, a few things to keep your eye on.
0: That's really exciting. I always love trying new equipment and everything else that's out. But Ian, thank you so much for sharing all of your insight and knowledge with us. I think that all the listeners learned a ton. If you guys want to go get fit, don't forget to use my code PAGE. That's P-A-I-G-E. And you get a discount on your fitting. So definitely go check that out. And Ian, thank you so much again.
1: Thank you, guys. Follow Playing Around with Paige Renee on IR Radio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Win money betting on golf this year. Betting on golf is fun, but picking winners isn't easy. Betsports Golf has the data, tools, and experts to turn your Sundays into paydays. Members get in-depth articles, research tools, and our team's picks each and every week. If you could bet $100 on every wager the Betsports Golf team had recommended last year, you'd be up nearly $10,000. For a limited time, you can head to BetsportsGolf.com to get a special price on a year-long subscription.